0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Lee. Commodore fans, on your feet, it's time to anchor down. Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. I am your host, Chris Lee. Simon Gibbs, who is the outgoing sports editor at the Vanderbilt Hustler, that is the student newspaper, is going to join us. We'll talk baseball today. The news today is presented by our friends at Sutherland and Belk, a Nashville-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt in any type of accident, please call Taylor or Russell at 615-846-6200. See what your rights are and if they can help. Vanderbilt gets a baseball sweep this weekend, but it's a two-game sweep as Game 3 is rained out. Commodores hit the ball pretty well all weekend, got a tremendous start from freshman Patrick Riley in place of Jack Leiter on Saturday. We'll talk about that more in the podcast. But anyway, the Commodores are now 16-7 and 7 in the Southeastern Conference heading to the final two weekends of play. Simon Gibbs appears on our guest line. That's brought to you by our friends at Bowling Branch, Scott and Missy Tannen. I've used Bowling Branch sheets for years. You have heard me talk about how great they are. They are comfortable in a way that I just cannot explain, and they get more comfortable with every washing. Try them yourself. Go to BowlingBranch.com, that is B-O-L-L, and enter the promo code VANDY. Get $50 off your first set of sheets. You can return them after 30 days. You won't want to. They are just so soft. They are made of 100% organic, rain-fed cotton. Feel the Bowling Branch difference for yourself, and you can thank me later. Simon Gibbs joins me now. He is the what should I call you? The ex-editor outgoing, of the Hustler Sports, outgoing. outgoing. Sports that that yeah. sounds that sounds kinder than ex-editor.
1: <laughs> I, agree. I agree. Ex
0: usually doesn't have a great connotation to it. But anyway, <laughs> what whatever you are, you're here to talk baseball with us. And what did you take away from the Alabama series? I mean, we've got a lot of layers here, right? We have got Patrick yeah. Riley, we get Jack Leiter. but I just want to hear your overriding thoughts on what you saw this
1: weekend well can i start with the fact that i think enrique bradfield jr is a top five pick oh my goodness he is (laughs) you know the crazy part is not only did bradfield play so extremely well in that series but i took a look at his stats and i started thinking to myself if if bradfield finishes this season you know hitting 360 having stolen 50 plus bases which is not out of the realm of possibility seeing as he already has 38 is he gonna go down as like one of the all-time great i mean statistically speaking yes yes he is short answer yes he is (laughs) right like it's very possible that i'm not saying he's gonna do that you know two more years because that's it's hard to keep up that level of production but it's insane
0: yeah, I'm looking at SEC stats, which are very telling. He's hitting three seventy nine with a four seventy six on base and a four seventy one slugging. Not often you see a, a slugging blowing on base. But when you're mostly a singles guy who steals yeah. a lot of bags, that's what happens. By the way, he's 24-26 in the league in especially, just 23 games.
1: He's a damn good fielder.
0: Well, yeah, and the... The highlight play of the year in college baseball maybe would have been if he could have pulled in that, that home run, which I didn't see it on TV. From the yeah. park, it looked like he thought maybe he had it, and it wasn't it one of like those— fan
1: may have gotten in the way. Oh,
0: okay. See, I couldn't—I like didn't see it on TV. In the way,
1: but enough to at least—like, enough to, like, impede his— maybe he was, you know, a little hesitant because the fan was close-ish, but it was close enough that— I thought that there was some sort of potential interference. I didn't think they'd call it, but.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it was it was pretty spectacular to watch. And, of course, he hits yeah. that home run in a key spot, which nobody was expecting. So you're looking yeah. at him going, uh, he's got a little more to his game. Here's another thing. And he's had some trouble. Teams have really worked him on the outer half of the plate in the league. And he had a spell seemed like there was a lot of swing and miss on those pitches. and I don't I think it was just a lot of fastballs. I mean, there might have been some yeah. breaking stuff, but what people figured out is he that he was having an issue covering the outer half of the plate. But I look up now, he's walked sixteen times and he struck right. out eleven, which is which is really, really good for anybody and And it's
1: almost unheard of for a freshman, seriously. I mean, I must say it's, it's huge. It's, it's awesome to see, but the, the offense outside of Bradfield is still not really impressing me. And I understand that they had that one huge day, which hopefully can turn a corner for them against Bama. I mean, nine runs, especially when they were down um, because rocker got into a couple early jams is not something that I expect this team to do frequently. It's gotten to the point though, where, you know, they let up six runs like they did against Bama, and they're losing to 50% of the teams they play for the rest of the year, if not more.
0: You know, their all-base percentage in league games is down to 360, which I bet is the lowest it's been all year. I didn't expect that. I mean, they've yeah. only got Rodriguez and Bradfield are the only two guys over 400. Yeah, yeah, I think he's like still a, he hitting
1: like the ball, though. Straight. Um yeah, he had like a 15 straight. Fifteen straight at-bat hit list streak or something. Something yeah. like that heading into the series. I'm not worried about
0: him. I've seen him hit. And, like, he, yeah, he might he might scuffle player. for a couple of at-bats in a row, but it's not going to last long. Yeah. No, the interesting thing I'm, was no Bolger this weekend. I don't know what that was about.
1: Yeah, neither do I. There are a bunch of lineup changes that I was rather confused by. And starting with the most, you know, not even just Bolger, but the first one that <laughs> – I assume this is the answer you wanted to get out of me when I really went with Bradfield instead of the pitching. But what's going on with Leiter? Is he okay? How did they plan on tackling day three with Little in there? Obviously, it didn't end up happening anyways. But will he be ready to go next week? I assume so. But, you know, it seems like Riley went out there, pitched a gem, and hopefully maybe that's their day three starter moving forward. Maybe it's not even close anymore. But do we think... Lighter's totally fine, nothing to be worried about? Or do we think there's, there's maybe another another layer to peel here?
0: Well, what I'm hearing, I don't know what you're hearing, is it's not an injury. It's more of a, a fatigue, I guess, is a way to put it. I get that. But how many times have you seen one lead to the other? Anytime a pitcher starts missing starts and there's not a lot said about it. Now, I know we're comparing programs, right? But Alabama did that with Connor Prelip, their ace. Like, they're yeah. holding him out. They don't say much. Next thing you know, he doesn't throw for a month. Then he throws an inning, and then he doesn't throw it all again. And just because there's some similarity doesn't mean at all there's the same thing. Um, what little I've got, the opinion I've gotten, is that we'll see him again. And and yeah, maybe he's got a sure. chance to be okay in a couple of weeks.
1: A couple of weeks? You don't think I, it's going to be this weekend?
0: I don't. That's my guess. I I just think that... There's too much at stake here. Yeah. yeah not totally. just not just for them as a team, but for him with his arm. Mm-hmm, and, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, I think the lighters, I, I don't have any reason to think they're displeased, right? I, I saw them at the game Friday night. Yeah. And they knew their son wasn't on the 30th. Now, I didn't see them Saturday. I don't know if they weren't there. I just didn't see them or what the deal was. But, you know, th- that's one of those that, like, if it goes wrong – You're really in the public eye just between not just who Jack is, but who Al is. And again, I'm I'm not I'm not implying that that the lighters would badmouth them at all, because I don't I don't have any reason to think they would. I mean, I see them at at midweek games, uh, which tells me something about how they feel about the program. Right. Because, I mean, they got plenty of other things to do. But you've got a lot at stake here. And I, I don't know. I don't. I mean, I hope this doesn't happen just from an entertainment standpoint because I like to watch a competitive tournament and Hoover. It's just so much fun. And, you know, winning titles is fun, too. And and you want to win as much as you can. But I think that the bigger priority has just got to be getting healthy totally. going to the NCAA totally. tournament. And and maybe you use Hoover as the way to, to throw him out there again and see what he can do. And Look, here's here's the other thing about Hoover. You can use Hoover – to give guys like Hunter Owen and some other guys a longer look to see what they're made of, maybe get Ethan Smith back and get him in shape. You can use that as sort of an experimentation ground, especially we've got a ballpark that's bigger and more forgiving because their issue's been giving up home runs that's not a big a deal down there unless you got the the jet stream blowing out to left, which it does to do at times. But I don't know. You, you've asked yeah. me a question, and you you mentioned layers. There's a lot of layers to this just outside of Jack Lighter too.
1: Totally, totally. And you know, the way I saw this move is I understood, or from my understanding, I don't I don't have any more information uh, than what was put out there, and I certainly don't have any more information than you my understanding at least is that, you know, I thought he would pitch next week. I thought he'd be good to go. I thought this was just one day of rest. I almost would rather it be more than one day of rest. And I say that because not just, you know, you don't want to put the strain on lighter if he truly is feeling fatigued, if, if that's the reason why he's in a little bit of a funk, but I also just don't think it's worth I mean, look, it ended up going completely fine because not only did Riley pitch well, but they didn't even have a third game other than, you know, 20 or some odd pitches from Little. Um, But it's not just the fact that I want, I want Lighter to be okay. It's the fact that I don't know if this makes sense doing this so late down the stretch of the season, unless there's true reason and he really needs another, you know, another day off.
0: Okay, well, let's think it through. I wonder if this is an isolation. If it's handled differently, this is why. Okay, you still don't have Ethan Smith back. He wasn't even on the thirty this weekend. Like a COVID thing, you think? No, no, no. It's not a COVID oh, thing. What oh. what happened? I thought
1: you said COVID isolation. No, no, no.
0: He wasn't on the thirty. What happened yeah. with him was he had a COVID test that that was positive. I think it might have been a faulty test, but at Vanderbilt that triggers a thing where you get held out for a while and then you got to take all these tests, and the school dragged its feet on um, getting them through that. Well, all of a sudden, you miss two or three weeks. You're not able to be with the team. You're not in shape. And I don't mean that like to paint the picture that Ethan Smith was in the room eating bonbons. That's not what I mean. <laughs> um, it's an arm thing. It's an arm safety thing. It's If you're not with the team and going through the throwing program, well, it's like when you see pitchers – after a long rain delay, like, they don't come back. You've got to be really careful with arms, right? And, and so it is a getting his arm back in game shape thing, from what I understand, which, if, if it's any other school, this goes differently. Uh, they're not making him jump through all the hoops. They're, they're not doing all the stuff they did. We, we've been over this before on the podcast. But they really put the kid in a bad spot. The conditioning suffered. And so now you, you look at this, if you're Tim Corbin, you're going, okay, wait a minute. I got my best pitcher, or one of my two best pitchers, who wasn't effective. We got to get him some rest. Uh, we can't really take any chances with him for any number of reasons. Oh, by the way, we got the guy that we thought probably by now would be our third starter. You know, he he's not pitching. Yeah. He's not not even on the 30. So now, like, you don't have that as a backstop. Of course, you got Laboke, Doolin, and Jones done for the year. Uh, You got Miles Garrett done for a while. Oh, by the way, where has Hugh Fisher been? And and oh, by the way, what's up with Thomas Schultz? Because Schultz didn't get the ball on Tuesday. They went to Little, and then Little's the guy to start Sunday,
1: which begs some questions with him too, right? I'm guessing that the reason why Schultz wasn't the guy on Tuesday is because They knew Leiter was not going to play this weekend. They knew they wanted to try Little against SEC opponents because he hasn't had that opportunity yet, and they want him to get there. So I assumed that he was slated to be a long reliever on Sunday in the event that Little's first start didn't go well. Or even if it went well, you you might not want to strain Little and put him really past five innings. He's so young.
0: This season of the podcast brought to you by Jody Jones, DDS. You can use Jody whether you've got cosmetic dentistry issues or you just need general dentistry. You can find him at 55 Music Square East in Nashville. Jody serves movie stars. He serves athletes. He serves coaches. He serves music stars. Jody is the number one cosmetic dentist in the Nashville area. He gives great service. You will not believe his offices. It is truly a spy-like experience. Jody's a former Commodore football player and a football booster. He's a big supporter of this podcast. He has made this season possible. So go visit Jody Jones DDS today and tell him you heard about his business on the Vandy Sports Podcast. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe the plan is to roll Schultz out there on Tuesday. It just it begs a lot of questions, and I don't think that you can take any of the health issues in isolation because they got so many issues with that pitching staff now. And By the way, I'm not throwing stones at Corbin or Scott Brown. That's just the way the world these days. I mean, you're getting guys injured. Look at the MLB level. Injuries are up like 15%. I just think that the short season last year and all the – the stuff that through conditioning and just just through everybody, no pun intended, a curveball. You have to think it's going to play out on on the college level too, and certainly it seems to be playing its way out here. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, the, the, this is also the type or the part of the season where, especially with the way things are going, you know, I I just I really wish Spencer Jones was able to pitch right now.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure they do, too. I mean, Jones was uh, – <laughs> yeah. when Jones came in, he was a first-round prospect. I think – I think,
1: I think I, he still made I think it. it was
0: for a hitter, but, I mean, I think pitching was, was enough – Part of it, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't remember, and I, I don't intriguing. follow recruiting as, as much as some other guys do. But, I mean, he was, he was enough of an arm that – I've said this before. I think that if Jones is healthy – you know, given all their other things, I think there's a good chance he's getting starts somewhere, whether it's weekends or or weekdays.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you there. Um, and, you know, I also think no Gonzo on Friday. I'm not sure I understood that. Yeah. No Gonzo the next day. I'm not sure I understood that. I Like, this. this seemed like a lot of tinkering around for Corbin down the stretch to be to feel like he knew what he had from his whole team heading into Hoover, heading into the postseason, because, you know, you wouldn't expect, and I'm not saying this was the number two team or whatever they were ranked, but I think they are a top 10 team, maybe top 15. I don't think you can... There's another top 10, top 15 team in the country that is entering postseason play where... the, And this is not necessarily a bad thing, but the manager is still tinkering around he knows he may know that he has talent in different places he just has no idea what the final roster final lineup will look like he, he doesn't know who's going to start that third game although we think it's going to be Riley now we don't know who's going to be starting at any position on a given day it, it, it's maybe not necessarily a bad thing just a little weird that there's a lot of there's a lot of figuring out Corbin has to do despite the fact that there's only a few days left
0: yeah, you got a lot I want to bite off there. One piece is Gonzalez, another's Troy Lanive. So don't let me forget to get to that. But you you say you don't know if they're the number 2 team. I think they are. But that begs another question. Like what what, what team are we ranking? Are we are we ranking the one they're putting on the field right now that doesn't include Lighter? Are we ranking the team where Lighter's giving up 3 home runs a game? Are we projecting and saying, "Ah, he's going to be the same guy we saw a month ago"? Because to me, yeah. those are those are three
1: fairly different outcomes, right? I'm somewhere in the middle here. I think, I think there's no way this this battered version of lighter that we've seen the past couple of starts is permanent. In fact, I think there's no way we see it again this season. I'd be shocked if we did, and they'd be in some trouble if they saw that again. But the way I see it is we're we're not gonna get, you know, pre-season light le- or early season lighter back because frankly, not everyone is gonna be as bad as like Missouri. Um granted that you know he had an excellent performance against he had excellent performances against more than just Missouri. That was just they're not very good. Um I think we're gonna get somewhere in the middle, but I'm not necessarily ranking them on what his future looks like only because Maybe for, for for better or for worse, I'm truly not worried about him. Maybe I should be.
0: I'm worried any time aces start missing time. Because nobody ever comes out and says, hey, hey everybody panic, right? Um, yeah. You know, usually a lot of things go this way. Now, again, my guess is he pitches again. But... We don't know. There's, I mean, what do we know? Maybe maybe 10% of the information? If that, who knows, yeah. right? So, yeah. So there's that. But here's the funny thing, Simon. Who's number one in the SEC in fewest runs allowed in league play? You want to take a guess? It, it can't be him. It's Vandy. I mean, as a team. Oh, oh, oh. They've allowed 102. South Carolina is second at 111. So, and then Tennessee and Mississippi State at 114. Now, they played one fewer game. But yeah. my point is, even with all the stuff that's gone wrong, and we're going, man, do they have a number 3 starter? And what about lighter? And Rocker's had a couple of bad outings. They're still number 1 in the league in fewest runs allowed. So, I there's that, that.
1: So, heading into this Alabama series, I think that's, that's what worried me the most. Because you have a game like the third game in the Florida series, where you let up five rounds in the game, and it looked like you never stood a chance. That was what worried me the most. I didn't think this team's offense had what it took. But I'm also maybe a little too skeptical, because (laughs) it seems like they still have no problem putting up eight, nine, ten runs, regardless of who's in the order. I just, they can't, I, I I didn't think they could do it on a consistent basis. They did do, you know, they did put up nine that first night against Bama, which is reassuring. They did it with a little bit of a weird lineup. But this old miss series is going to be no joke.
0: Yeah, I think what helps them is they've got 13 or 14 usable hitters, right? That you can yeah. throw in in a league game and you might get a really good game out of out of some of those guys even at the bottom level. It's a yeah. weird team because Two years ago, last we saw them for full season, they had probably the best two hitters in college baseball. And now it's, well, they they got two guys with home high on base averages and a bunch of guys who were really streaky, but pop a lot of doubles and home runs.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think it'll also be interesting down the stretch of the season. We talked about this before we went live on this podcast. Vandy has Ole Miss and Kentucky left in SEC play. Tennessee as Arkansas and South Carolina left in SEC play. How is that going to shape up down the stretch? Do you think Vandy can take a game or two against Ole Miss? And do you think Tennessee can take a game or two against Arkansas?
0: I've got Vanderbilt winning 1-3 of three in Oxford and sweeping Kentucky. Um, I don't know if yeah, it will happen I'm, that way, but I'm going to go 4-6. I think Tennessee's going to go 3-6. So Vandy wins the East. I think State will win – the overall thing by game because they've got Missouri at home and then they go to Alabama. I've got them winning five to six there. I just think that schedule is going to ease up and, and, and I think that's going to be the difference. I think they'll win the East, but I think they will be the two seed going into Hoover. That sounds about right. Yeah. Um, you know, here's the other thing and this predates your time following them. It just felt like Tim figured something out around 2014. And and maybe it is me drawing a line at a place where it's easy to start. But starting that year, it just felt like he got his team to peak right around the time the NCAA tournament starts. Um, You saw him do some more experimentation during the season towards the end at times. Uh, that, that paid off at times. You're seeing that now with Laniv and some guys like that. He just seems to know, and, and I guess you can point to 18, 17 and 18 and 16 and and process that however you want. But if you're around it, that just wasn't the same program. Um, they were dealing with the tragedy that I just don't think anybody was equipped to process. But it just feels like he knows now he's been here so long. Because early in his career, Simon, his rep was the opposite. It's that, that they – they went all out in the regular season, and Hoover, and some people question if that burned them out. Now it yeah. seems like they played a little bit differently. I mean, in, in 14, when they won it all, they were, what, sixth in the league? And in 15, they kind of disappointed in the regular season. Um, they were two or three games off the pace for the regular season title, when they were everybody's consensus number one. Um, and, and frankly, you know, they, they catch a, a break or two in that final series against Virginia, they go back to back, but that's how baseball goes. So right. I don't know. I, I do trust his ability of late under most circumstances to get them prepared. But let's do this because you got to go in about five. Mm-hmm. The thing with Gonzales was interesting. Because Gonzales and Nolan are the two guys that that haven't come off the field a lot. I mean, well, Carter Young never comes off the field except for late innings when they're up ten. <laughs> but yeah. Nolan is the guy that he really likes. He started all twenty three games, either at DH or third. I thought it was interesting. I thought that it, it was just a rest thing, and, and maybe it was a pitching matchup things, and maybe we would have, we would have seen Gonzalez. Although I don't think he was in the lineup yesterday, was he?
1: No. So
0: that that was really odd to me that Gonzalez sat three straight games. I don't know what's going yeah. on there. You know, I, I don't know if any of this was exams were finished. Um, well,
1: no, they're not technically finished. You could have, so I don't know if this had something to do with it, but I was done. I know people that had finals through today. Today is the last day to have them. Okay.
0: I thought, I thought everything was done Friday, so you would know. Not
1: yet. Yeah. So that perhaps that could be it. I don't know. Um, I also know that it is possible to have an exam on Saturday. Um, that was, I don't think you could have one on Sunday, but I think you could have one on Saturday and today. So who knows? Maybe it was just finals.
0: Yeah, it, it, we're all I mean, this. This is the probably you, know, you. You cover a guy for what eighteen seasons, seventeen, whatever it's been now, and you know him. You know his habits. You know that he likes predictability. He likes to get things settled, and you know that there there are reasons. Right? We've talked about the health of arms and everything, but. This is just so bizarre. Like, if you looked at the record and say they're sitting there at, you know, at eleven and thirteen or ten and fourteen, you're going, okay, well, that that might make sense to to try some pieces if you're not happy, and or maybe maybe it makes more sense this way where you've got, you know, you're safely in the NC tournament, you're going to be a one, and host probably two weekends, boring something crazy. Maybe I'm looking at it wrong. Maybe. Maybe that gives him freedom to tinker, but it's just really unlike him to see so many unknowns and well, wait, I didn't see this coming like we saw this weekend. I I that is the part to me that like Tim is Tim has just been so predictable, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but to to see so many variables heading into the last two weekends, I've never seen a season like this one.
1: And it's fitting that it happens in the season of Covid because I don't think I've ever seen a season like this in any sport. I mean, the 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 degree to which coaches have to tinker with their lineups and frequently lose players. now, in the case of Corbin, it's more often for injury than it is for Covid. but it, it makes it so difficult to get through one of these seasons, especially a baseball season that's way longer than the other sports
0: you make a troy Laneve this weekend, i'm going to I'm going walk through
1: at bats.
0: Starting with the Friday game. Let's see. I think it's starting with the Friday game. Let me make sure here. What did he
1: go? Three for six?
0: Uh, Let's see. He went Friday's game. Here's his at-bats in order. Double strikeout on 92. Single ground out to short. Hitting in the eighth hole. Or the eight hole. And then Saturday he goes home run to, I'm not going to say dead center, but just right of center, struck out on a breaking ball, walked, and grounded to third. That's a pretty good weekend for a guy that's not used to being in there.
1: Totally, totally. But down the stretch, I don't think you could possibly justify playing him over Thomas. Maybe it's just me. No, no, you can't. But it's great but, to know you have a piece like that on your bench.
0: Well, here's what I'm wondering. Uh, and Now, Cooper Davis played better, but... Yeah, and it complicates the fact that they're both lefties. But when when the carousel comes to a stop and it matters, and you got all your available options, do you see Lenev in
1: left? I think it's possible if no, if none of these other, if none of the other pieces in left can really solidify themselves, and if Bolger stays on the bench for whatever reason he was on the bench, we could see him in left.
0: You know, one more interesting thing, and I know you've got to go. Mm Colwick, and I don't know what his batting line is since he's come back, but he's had some at-bats where he hit the ball pretty well. Now, I don't know if some of these deep fly balls, if it's normal take Colwick or leave in the park, but he has hit the ball harder than I expected.
1: Which is, well, uh, like a good thing. That's a welcome surprise, because I didn't think this would be an easy injury to come back from. Um, He certainly has to convert some of those hard hit balls into hits, right? But I'm, i am he's another guy who down the stretch I'm not too worried about, and I don't see him leaving the lineup anytime soon.
0: Yeah, Friday's line on him, again, looking through the scorebook, line to center, fly to center, ground to third, and he a scorcher, fly ball deep uh, in his last at bat. And then Saturday he goes strikeout on a breaking ball, Grounded to short, strike out on another breaking ball, and then a double. So again, strikeouts are just part of the game these days. But I've liked the way he's hitting the ball. Again, I don't know if it's if it's fool's gold and and that's as far as he's going to get it now. But I thought it was interesting to watch. Hey, I know you need to go because you've got stuff to do. But any mm-hmm. any passing thoughts you
1: had before we end the show? Um, let's see. I mean, I'm. I'm really excited to see what happens in the postseason with this team. But if I'm going to be completely honest, I'm not expecting all that much. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's a young team. Granted, it's going to get a little more young next year with its aces leaving. But I'm not expecting this team to make a ton of noise unless they turn on the Jets in the SEC tournament. I think the SEC tournament is going to be very telling of how they play in the future.
0: See, I would have the opposite conclusion. Um, and it might be, but again, I just think that as banged up as they are and as much as you've seen players who have never had to play this much baseball, I think it might be the opposite. But that's what makes it fun, right?
1: Exactly. And nothing like postseason baseball.
0: No, no, there, there is nothing like postseason baseball. Simon, thank you for joining us. Tell folks where they can follow you on Twitter if they like
1: course you can follow me at Simon Gibbs 26 and if you want to follow the incoming sports editor of the hustler you can take a look at justin hershey at justin hershey26 coincidentally both the same numbers there happy graduation to you thank you so much chris
0: all right he is simon gibbs the outgoing sports editor at the hustle i'm chris lee the host of the vandy sports podcast we appreciate your listening we'll have be back with uh, several more of these later in the week